You say, well, I'm bound in oppression. I'm bound in depression. I'm bound in, I'm bound in, in addiction. The devil really got me. No, 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 not according to the word of God. God said, I've already freed you through my son. You've been set free. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you have done and what you are about to do. We celebrate the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. And Father, we invite you uh, to dwell among us. Let your spirit move among us. Lord, teach us. Teach us the word of God. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Lead us into divine revelation and insight and wisdom and direction. Fill our hearts, Lord. Fill our hearts. Fill our hearts. Let the anointing of your presence just cascade all in the room. Let the anointing break every yoke and cause deliverance and change to come. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people. Heal their bodies and, and uh, Lord, make them whole. Give them quality relationships. And Father, thank you for multiplying them. Thank you for increasing them. Thank you for causing them to thrive in every area of their lives. We thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord, we thank you that today we'll preach under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and lives will be changed, set free, and delivered. We give you praise today in the wonderful, holy, matchless, majestic name of Jesus. We give you praise today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. hallelujah. Well, welcome all of you uh, this morning, all of you beloved of God. You're so loved of God. Welcome all of you. And we want to, uh, Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Welcome online community. Welcome. Let's put our hands together and bless. Welcome. Wherever you are all around the world, wherever you are, we want you to know that we honor you today. And as we are preaching here, proclaiming the gospel here, I pray that the anointing of God is really cascading over your life and deliverance is coming and better days are coming and your blessed days are coming. And thank you so much for joining us. We declare that today is your day of miracles. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready to get to the word of God? All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series, <clears throat> in a series uh, entitled Fight the Power. Fight the Power. And this is part number four of the series. The Lord has already prophetically told us that some hard things are a coming. Hard things are a coming on the planet. It's coming on the earth. But don't worry. The Lord gives you the ability to overcome those things. Hallelujah. He's preparing you beforehand. He's preparing you beforehand. This is why we've got to get this word. This is why this is so powerful. Because when the stuff hits the fan, you will be ready. Hallelujah. You will be ready. God will equip his people. He has always equipped his people before calamity comes. As he did there in the children of Israel as they were in Egypt. He equipped them before that destruction came through the land. He already gave them instruction as to what to do. He already gave them instruction before the flood came. He already gave Noah instructions as to what to do. Hallelujah. And he's equipping you now. There are some things that you're going to have to fight against. There are some things that you're going to have to push back against, not only for yourself and your family, but for your communities and those that you are around, I'm telling you. So the Lord gives us this word of fighting the power. Fight the power. It's time for you as an end-time believer to be equipped for the things that are coming. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's go back to Genesis, the, or rather before we do that, let's go with our uh, confessions. Let's go with our confessions, nine confessions in this series, and uh, you can read them along with me. And it goes like this, let's do it. I am an overcomer. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am blessed because Christ was made a curse for me. 
I am seated in Christ and with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. I receive power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and I shall not be hurt. The greater one lives in me. God has commanded his angels, or let me start again. God has commanded angels to protect me and my family every day. I declare the word of God with boldness. Every day, in some way, I advance the kingdom of heaven in the earth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, let's go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, verse 28, uh, the Amplified Bible. We said last week that uh, the fighting part uh, with mankind didn't start just with you. You understand that. The war didn't start just with you. As far as mankind is concerned, it started back in Genesis, and God gave us the commandment uh, to fight there in Genesis. And let's look at this again. So there's some things today that we're going to go over. For some of you, this may be a good review, but I tell you, hear it again. Hear it again. Hallelujah. Hear it again. And let it get really down in your spirit as the Lord brings some things back to your remembrance. And some things that we're going to say, see uh, today, some things you may not have heard or you may have forgotten. But all these things are instructional and let's be led of the spirit as we get into them. Amen. All right. So Genesis 1 verse 28 out of the Amplified Bible says, And God blessed them, granting them certain authority. And said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And what? Subjugate it. King James said, and subdue it. Amplified Bible says, subjugate it, putting it under your power. Notice it said, putting it under your power. He's given you authority, so put it under your power. You're getting this, right? And rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. Look at this language. He's telling us to, he's given us authority, authority to subjugate, to subdue, to rule, to reign. He's given you authority. Say, he has given me authority to rule, to reign. All right. So that is what he gave to mankind in the very beginning. But then you know, and Adam and Eve sinned. And let's talk a little bit about that. And let's go to Genesis, the second chapter. And this is what the Lord said here. We're going to look at Genesis, the second chapter, verse 16 through 19. And look at the actual command that God gave Adam and Eve, also out of the Amplified Bible. And this is how it reads. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely, unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, verse 17, but only from the tree of the knowledge, recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat from it, you shall most certainly die because of your, what? Disobedience. All right? So we know that Adam and Eve Adam and Eve did eat of the fruit, and uh, because of their disobedience, of course, we know that they did die within the day, a day in the Lord, uh, the day unto the Lord, it says a thousand years, so Adam did die short of a thousand years, lived to be around 900-something years old. So they sinned, right? Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, their act of disobedience was sin. Now, let's look and see about the transfer that happened here and how something took place here when they sinned. Let's look at Romans, Romans the sixth chapter, verse number 16, this time out of the New Living Translation. Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 16. Listen to this wisdom that the Lord gives us. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever, also known as, uh, also interpreted, whosoever, rather whoever, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever or whoever you choose to obey? You become the slave of whatever or whoever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, 
which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. It says again, you become the slave of whoever you choose to obey. Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and obey the devil. Adam and Eve, mankind, chose to obey Satan. And when they chose to obey Satan, they became his slave. The Bible says again, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever or whoever you choose to obey? So a slave has no rights. Whatever a slave owns, whether a slave doesn't own anything because if a slave has a master, every slave has a master, and whatever the slave had now becomes the property of the master. So Adam and Eve had authority granted to them by the Father. Now the planet, the planet Earth, always belonged to God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But mankind was given authority to rule over the earth, to subjugate the earth, to subdue the earth. Mankind was giving, given the authority or the governorship of the planet. The planet still belonged to God. It's like a, like a rental property, a house. You own the house, but you have renters in there. And as long as the renters are paying their bills on it, you know, and all they, they, they have the keys, they can paint the walls a certain color and they can plant flowers and all that stuff. They have a dominion there, but you still own the house. Does that make sense? Mankind was given authority over the planet, the governorship of the planet, but God still owns the planet. So when, it, when Satan came in and deceived the woman but not the man, when uh, Satan came in and they decided to obey Satan, then they became the slave of the enemy. They became bound by the devil. Are you hearing? And Satan then, being the master, being the one that had them bound, then was able to take possession of what belonged to Adam and Eve. Are you hearing? Well, let's look at this again in Luke, the fourth chapter, Luke 4 and verse 6. This is when the Lord Jesus is, or Satan is tempting Christ. Uh, there's what, there in what we call the mountain of temptation, or the temptation mount. And uh, this is what the enemy said, and this is actually a true statement. Now, the devil can tell you a truth, but he will always mix it in with some type of lie in an attempt to deceive you and draw you out of the presence of God. As a matter of fact, the best lies are mixed with truth. Are you hearing? Let's look at this. Look at the devil's confession here in Luke, the fourth chapter, verse six. And the devil said unto him, all this power, I, I, no, rather, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Notice, and I put this in your notes here, notice that the word power, what the enemy says here, all this power, that word power there in the Greek is what? Exousia, meaning authority. He said, all this authority I give to you because it was given to me. Well, where did he give it? Where, where, how did the devil get it? Again, from the transfer that happened when Adam and Eve sinned. Are you hearing me? He took possession of that. He said, I got it, Jesus. I got the authority. I have the governorship of the planet. Yes, I know that the Father, God, that God does own the planet, but I control what's happening on it now. I got it. And I can give it to you, Jesus, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you some authority. I'll give you some governorship. I'll give it to you. Uh, Jesus, of course, didn't fall for that because he was already all his and he knew what he was about to do. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at 1 John. Let me show you what Jesus did for you and I as we talk about who we are today and what Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. So First uh, John, the third chapter, verse number eight says this out of King James. He says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. So this is another reason why that was transferred 
uh, why that authority was transferred to the enemy because when Adam and Eve sinned, they took on the form of a devil. They took on the characteristics of a devil. Are you hearing me? Or of the devil. All right, it says again, uh, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might, what, destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come? One reason here, the Bible says plainly that Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. Now, the word destroy in the Greek is the Greek word luo. Luo. Can you say luo? Luo. I'm telling you, wonderful people, I love you. It's the Greek word luo, and luo means to loose any person or, any, or, uh, or thing tied or fastened. So the first reason the Lord came here was to destroy the works of the devil or to loose or to unfasten something or person or thing that was tied. Well, what was tied? We were tied. We were bound and oppressed by the enemy legally from the Garden of Eden. And now any human being that is born is tied. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what happens? Jesus breaks those ties. He breaks those bondages. He sets the captives free. Sound familiar? So the first definition of luo here is to loose any person or thing tied or fastened. To, uh, To declare unlawful. Unlawful. Now, you'll see here, uh, what's happening here is that the devil did have things established, but Jesus has come to take the power out of what is established. He said he's come, he said, uh, uh, to declare unlawful and uh, to undo, and it also means my favorite here, which is just so wonderful, the word luo also means to deprive of authority, to deprive of authority. Why did, the Je- why did Jesus come? The Bible says that he came, the Son of God was manifested or he appeared to simply deprive the enemy of authority. Take it back. He came to deprive the enemy of authority. Now it says he, he was, he, he's come to, or for this purpose he was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, he's depriving authority or taking authority or power out of the devil's work. Grab a hold of that. Are you with me? Jesus came. One of the reasons Jesus came, grab a hold of this. He came to deprive or take the power or authority out of the devil's work. Well, what has the devil done? What work is he doing? Sickness is one of the works of the devil. Jesus said, I've come to take the power or authority out of it. It's right to be in your body. It's right to exist in you. I've come to take that power out of you. So therefore, that work that the devil does must fall. It's like this. If the Lord were to say, I've come to take all the bones out of your body. Well, once all the bones go out of your body, you're just a big pile of meat and you blue 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 just a meat cake or whatever you understand what I'm saying right so in essence the Lord's saying to the enemy every single work you've done I've come to pull out the structure of it I've come to take the power from it I've come to take the authority from it and now it really has no hurt it can do no hurt we can say that the Lord has come to kick the devil's teeth in He's a toothless lion, so to speak, or or toothless dragon. I've come to take its power, come to take its authority from it, and now it is a useless, worthless work, powerless work. You say, well, why does the enemy seem to have so much power and control in my life? If that is true, it's because you've given given it to him. Because Jesus said, I've come to do it. Now, did Jesus finish his work? Remember, the final words on the cross is, it is finished. It's finished. I've done it. I've done what I've come to do. Hallelujah. Now, any work, hear me, now, any work that is in your life presently 
of the enemy or any work that was that was in your life or will be in your life that the devil has done any work that he has done Jesus said I've come to take the power out of it I've come to deprive it of authority I've come to destroy it I've come to undo it you say well I'm bound in oppression I'm bound in depression I'm bound in I'm bound in, in addiction the devil really got me no 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 not according to the word of God God said I've already freed you through my son you've been set free I've taken the structure out of it does that make sense to you I've taken the structure out of this I've taken its authority out now let's look at another let's look at Colossians the second chapter Colossians the second chapter verses 13 through 15 now, this is another reason, uh, another way that you're going to be set free. Any area that you are bound, remember, Jesus has come to untie it. He's come to break the bonds of it. You have to declare that with your own mouth, out of your own confession. Jesus has set me free. Jesus has set me free. Jesus has set me free. Now, the enemy still maintains the, the role of deceiver, the role of deceiver. And he uses deception and trickery. Uh, to deceive or persuade the people of God. He shows you a false picture or a false image. And he says, well, this is how it's going to be. This is how it is. You have to tell him, no, Jesus has already taken your power. He's already crushed your head. You are powerless. I have authority here. I am the one who will subjugate. I am the one who's here to rule and reign. And I declare you must bow the knee to the name of Jesus. Are you hearing Listen to what the Lord says in Colossians, the second chapter, verse 13 through 15. I'm trying to bring a picture home to you here. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Say, all my sins are forgiven. He says, he forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Now, we were legally indebted. We had a legal debt that cannot be paid. Well, who was that debt owed to? Well, it wasn't the devil. We didn't owe a debt to the devil, but we owed a debt to God the Father because we had offended him. We offended him with the sin. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. We owed a debt. We were in sin debt to God, sin debt. And so the father canceled that debt. And that debt is what stood between you and God. Now, man, whether man wants to believe that there is a God or not, they're all conscious of the sin debt within them. Everybody, no matter what type of religion the people go to or the person could be an atheist, you hear people talking about balancing the scales. I've done this wrong and, and I feel that this is wrong, that there, I feel something's wrong in my soul. I feel dirty. I, you know, I, I feel bad. And, and they try their best to do a lot of good to do away with the bad. They say in simple, simplest form, they're saying, I'm trying to uh, balance the scales. Uh, I have a lot of debt. I have a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And so they're trying to repay the debt by doing good deeds. But no matter how many good deeds they do, they'll still feel bad because that is a debt that cannot be paid by human things, by natural things. That debt can only be paid by the blood of God's son that was shed on your behalf. It was through the life and blood, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that God paid the debt in full. And now if you are in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, there should be no guilt, no shame, no condemnation because that debt to God the Father has been paid in full. Now listen, this debt is not just your debt. Because even before you came to knowledge of Christ, even before as you were a child, you always had knowledge of this debt. You always knew something was there. But this debt was passed down, of course, again, from Adam and Eve. 
way long ago, the original debt, the original sin that was already on mankind. That was, that was apart from anything that you and I had done. Are you, are you hearing me? Now, let's go look a bit further. Verse 14 says again, having canceled the charges, say it with me, God canceled my charges. Say, say with me, he canceled the debts. Now I want you to say it like you really believe it and say, he canceled the debts. He canceled my debts. He canceled my debts. He canceled my debts. Hallelujah. As you get that in you and you realize that God canceled the debt, canceled your sin debt, then you will realize that you are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away. How? Nailing it to the cross. Look at verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So again, here's his word, how Jesus took back the authority. He disarmed, Jesus disarmed them. He disarmed the powers and authorities, disarmed them. He took back the power. So if the enemy comes to you and says, I can do this to you, I will do that to you, I will destroy you, I have authority to do this to you, I have authority to do that to you, you just look and laugh and say, no, you don't, because Jesus has disarmed you. He may have a weapon formed, but it shall not prosper. Sound familiar? He has a gun, yes, but there are no bullets in the gun. He has a water pistol, but that water pistol is as dry as the desert. Hallelujah. He's got nothing on a child of God. Hallelujah. And nothing on you. Hallelujah. But pastor, I still sin from time to time. I don't want to, but I still do. But understand something. You are no longer your sin. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are separate from the sin. The Lord has delivered you from that. Hallelujah. And you have to declare, Lord, I did this again. I smoked the joint again. I did the drugs again. I, I went on the online and looked at all the bad websites. I, I did this and, and I did that. But that is not who you are. That is what you did. But that is not who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your relationship with God, how you are related to him, cannot be altered or changed. Your fellowship can. I will always be my, the son of my mom and dad. They can't change that. Even they went to the courthouse and said, we're going to, uh, you know, do legal stuff to make you not be our son legally. But because of blood. That cannot be changed. I will always be their son, regardless of what I do. Now, I may do something funny, something crazy to get out of fellowship with them. They may not want to talk to me anymore, so forth and so on. But I'll always be their son. By the same token, you will always be. If you are born of God, born again, you cannot be unborn. If you were, in fact, born of God, born again, if the Holy Spirit dwells with on the inside of you, you cannot be unborn. Now, you can be in disobedience and be out of fellowship. And if you're out of fellowship, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you to come back in fellowship. Because you know what it is to feel clean and you want to be clean. You don't want to be out of fellowship with your father. You don't want to hurt him. Glory to God. But if you find it easy to sin and stay in sin, then I would say to you that chances are you are not born of God. You have not received relationship with Christ yet. The Spirit of God is not within you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, why did Jesus, again, let's go over this again, why did Jesus give you the right or the authority 
because Jesus took it back and he gave the authority to you, born again believer, through his name. He gave you his name. He said, use my name. In my name, they shall cast out devils and demons. In my name, they're going to take up serpents. In my name, they're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. In my name, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name, in my name, in my name. The word name always implies authority. And he's given us the born again believers. He's given us the body of Christ, his name. And remember, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus has given you his name. Well, who else should hold his name other than his body? You are the body of Christ. Again, you're not the body of Jesus. Jesus has his own body. And if you look at his own body, he still has the scars in his body. You're not the body of Jesus. You are the body of Christ. And Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing, the, the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the head of the body. He is the head. He is the Christ. And we are the body of Christ. And the same power power that flows through the head flows through the body it is like uh, it is like your blood the bible declares in the book of leviticus that the life of the body is in the blood the life of the body is in the blood or, or we can say the strength of the body is in the blood the power of the body is in the blood i take your blood out of your body and you won't live Now listen, there is, you don't have type A blood in your head and type B blood in your arms. The same blood that flows through your head flows all through the body. If you are type O, you are type O in your head and type O in your pinky. Yeah, in your pinky. You are type O in your foot. The same blood that flows in here flows through the body. The same power that flows in the head that flows in Christ flows through his body. As we said before, the power of God in you is unlimited and it is unrestrained unless you limit it, unless you restrain it. Because the same yoke-destroying, burden-removing power and presence of God, the same power that Christ used to raise the dead is now in you. The same power that he used to open up blind eyes is now in you. The same power that he used uh, to cast out devils is now in you. The same power he used to forgive those who offended him is now in you. The same power, the same blood. If it flows through the head, it also flows through the body. The only ones that talk differently is us. And your enemy, the devil, does not want you to believe that. Are you hearing me today? Amen. So why did the Lord give you this authority to rule and reign in the earth? Let's go back to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew six. Matthew six. Verse number nine and ten. It says, after this manner, the Lord Jesus praying here or giving the disciples this model prayer. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, I love that. He says, our Father. This is how you pray, guys. This, Jesus how, teaches how to pray. Well, disciples, followers, body of Christ, this is how you pray, our Father. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, he is now our Father too. Are you hearing? He says, our Father, listen, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, verse 10 tells you why the Father is giving you all this authority. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? In earth as it is, where? In heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Our mission is to reproduce the atmosphere of heaven. To extend the, to extend the manifestation of the kingdom of God in the earth and to establish God's will uh, everywhere we go. Now, let's take a moment and, and just go with that. Take a moment, just go with that. The Lord said, you're going to pray. This is God's will for your life. You're going to pray, his kingdom come. Father, I pray your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, here's the common mistake. 
When we think of God's kingdom coming, God's will, be, God's will being done, we're doing this. We're pointing out in the community somewhere, and that, you know, and that, that's great. That, that's part of it. But that's not the first part. The first part that the kingdom of God should come and will of God be done is where? In you. That heaven be revealed in you. You, you, body of Christ, you, born-again believer, are to be a walking heaven, walking kingdom of God. Because you and I can't control other folk. You and I can't control governments. We can't control the rock outside in our own flesh. But you do have the ability to say, Father, let your kingdom come. I agree with you that your kingdom would come in me. I agree with you that your will will be done in me. Like it is in heaven, let that be in me. I receive the same atmosphere. Extend your heaven through me. Extend your kingdom through me. I receive it today. I'll walk in it today. I'll exemplify your character and nature. You can do it through me, Father. I say, yes, cause your will to come to pass in me cause it to come to pass in me I mean so you're praying that prayer so when anybody comes in contact with you they get a touch of heaven they get a touch of the will of God they experience the kingdom of God you you will be the kingdom of God or you are the kingdom of God in flesh you are heaven in flesh Heaven in flesh. This is what the Lord said. This is the first place you're going to do. Because he said, your kingdom come, you will be done in earth. Your bodies were made from the earth, dust of the ground from the earth. He's talking about us first. And as it's done in us first, then we can take it everywhere we go. Into the workplace, and of course, into the church and workplace, into Walmart. Everywhere we go, we're taking heaven with us. We're taking the atmosphere of heaven with us. Now, there are no devils and demons in heaven. There are none, and they're, and they're not there in heaven. So there should not be any in you or around you. As a matter of fact, when you step in the room, they should holler out, ah! Please excuse me, those of you who are listening by headphones right now. <clears throat> I'll, I'll take that down a notch. Oh! They should holler out because you're walking with the power and presence of God. The Bible says that you are literally the temple of the Holy Ghost. God is in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. And the only ones that limit that is us. Say, but pastor, I got a problem with sin. I got a problem with sin. You only have a problem with sin. You only have a problem with sin because you keep confessing you got a problem with sin. Confess I have dominance and rule over it. Now, one of the things that the Lord gave us in the very beginning that Jesus got back for us was dominance over the earth. Here's the earth. Dominate it, subjugate it. Declare, no, I will not do that. I will not do that. No, every good and perfect gift comes from my Father. I'm going to wait on the Lord. He's going to supply that. Father, I'm going to wait on you. As a matter of fact, use procrastination to your benefit. Lord, I feel like smoking that now. Ooh, I can, I can hear that calling me now. Lord, I, I feel like visiting that site. I feel like visiting that Boogaloo Club. And I feel like shaking my rear end till the sun don't shine no more. Oh, Lord, I feel like calling this person and calling that person. Oh, Lord, I feel like slapping them and telling them a few fancy compound curse words. Oh, Lord, procrastinate about it. Well, I'll tell you tomorrow. And then the next day, mm, I'm gonna give my mind tomorrow. Next day, mm, I'm gonna give my mind tomorrow. You know, tomorrow never comes. Until you're able to take full authority and say, no, I will not do this. This will not come to pass in my life. Procrastinate it. I'll, I'll look at it later. Or I'll go take a nap. Go take a nap. Many times we sin and get into the wrong things because we're tired. Go have something to eat. Feel better. You realize, I don't want to do that. Are you hearing me? Oh, this is good stuff. 
let's go ahead and begin to, to wrap it up today. And next week, Lord willing, we'll go into a part number five. So your mission, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to reproduce the atmosphere of heaven in you. Is to manifest the kingdom of God in you, in you, and to establish God's will in your life. Now, let me show you this one last thing today, and then we're going to have to close out because you've got things you've got to do. We meet here to, to worship and to learn, but then we leave here to serve. Hallelujah. Let me show you what the Lord prophesied about you, body of Christ. He prophesied about you. He prophesied this about Jesus, and Jesus is your head. He's the Christ. And because we are a part of Christ's body, this is also speaking about us. Listen to what your father is saying about you in uh, Isaiah 42, verse 5, 6, and 7. You're really going to want to write this down and really meditate and confess this, let me tell you. As we begin to close here, Isaiah 42, verse 5 through 7, out of the New Living Translation. Listen to how it reads in verse number 5. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth, and it is is he who says, now he's about to say something. The one that created everything is about to say something. Hear what he's prophesying about you, what he prophesied about Christ and the body of Christ. Verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Now notice something. Look at verse number six again. He said, I have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. Oh, that is so wonderful. It makes you want to kick out your leg. Oh, why not? Kick out your leg. Maybe you can do it too. If you're driving, hold yourself. He said, I've called you to demonstrate my righteousness. Now, the word righteousness also means justice. I've called you to demonstrate my justice. Now, let me show you this too out of the out of the uh, um, Good News Translation. I love the way it reads, so I want to bring this to you too, and it's going to help bring, this, bring out the flavor of this. In the Good News Translation, it says, I and the Lord have called you and given you power to see that justice is done on earth. My God, I've called you. I've given you power so that you can do justice on the earth. In other words, I've called you to demonstrate my righteousness, to demonstrate my justice, to demonstrate my rightness, to put things right on the earth. There's that hip dance, I'm telling you. I have called you to demonstrate my righteousness, to put things right on the earth. And then we just read, read that in 1 John, how the Lord came. He was, he was manifested to destroy or undo the works of the enemy. Manifested to deprive the enemy of his authority. Manifested to unloose, to loose the shackles that bind. Jesus said, I have called you. Now, this is the work of Christ, and this is the work of you, body of Christ. He said, I have called you to put things right. I've called you to demonstrate my righteousness. That is, someone is sick and depressed, 
pray over them, declare unto them the name of the Lord, declare unto them what Jesus Christ has done for them, declare by his stripes you were healed. Someone is depressed, declare unto them, well, break that spirit of depression, break it, break it, break it, declare in the name of Jesus, I break that spirit of depression off of your life, and I loose the spirit of joy, hallelujah. You're going, demonstrating the righteousness of God. There are things that you're going to see as you're walking about, and next week we'll get back to Luke 10, as you're treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You're going, you're doing this, you are anointed to set things right, to set things in order. And that's exactly what, he's, what he said there in the model prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, how is this will going to be done? He's going to do it through you as you go forth and demonstrate his righteousness and set things in order. Glory to God. When you find a work of darkness, declare the light. And let me tell you, swing for the fences. Swing for the fences. What do you mean? That means when you get up to bat, when you have an opportunity and it's standing in your face there, don't try to bunt. Oh, declare the word of the Lord. I mean, you put all your might in it. You declare in the name of Jesus, I declare this to be so. Put your back into it. Praise the Lord and pray and declare. But pastor, what if I miss? What if I miss it? What if nothing happens? But what if something happened? What if God is working through you? What if God wants to work through you at that moment to set that person free? And we say, well, Lord, I can't do it. What if, what if they, they may not like me? So we're going to allow them to go bound another day? We can't allow fear to rule and reign us when God has given us the authority, the key to loose that person. And once people are loosed, the atmosphere changes. The community changes. The city changes. The county changes. The state changes. The nation changes. The world changes. Now, we do realize that not everybody's going to give their life to Jesus. But that's not my business. It's not your business either. God gave them the, the right to choose themselves. We do realize that every time you pray for someone, they may not receive healing at that moment. How do we realize that? Because not everybody that say they want prayer actually want to be healed. I prayed for people. And uh, uh, as a matter of fact, the pastor told me, I went over to the church on a, on a tech call uh, to help them with their sound system. This was some time ago. And, and uh, the deacon came in and the pastor said, um, would you pray for him? He has a problem in his neck. He has a problem in his neck. And uh, I said, well, sure, in the name of Jesus. Now, before I did that, he said, well, hold on, Pastor. I said, I said what's going on? He said, well, I'm going to court Monday. <laughs> I'm going to court Monday about this case with my neck. I said, oh, so you don't want to be here right now. No, but I'm in a lot of pain. Okay, well, I'll meet you where you are. So I prayed, in Jesus' name, Lord, relieve this pain off this man. And surely he was, oh, it's better. But, you know, not too much better. <laughs> the atmosphere can be present. The power of God can be present to heal, but not everybody wants to be healed. Some people love the sensation of people checking up on them and asking about them. And, and some people love posting, even on their Facebook and other social media, how bad they are. They love to get people's comments. Oh, today my leg just fell off in the floor. It just fell off. And I had to do this and that. And people post, oh, poor baby. And they feel good because people are, you know, they're talking about them and they're, oh, they're feeling all this love and compassion. So they don't want to be healed because they love the affection that they're receiving. Not everybody wants to be healed. Some people love the benefits, quote-unquote, of the, of the pat on the back. Oh, poor baby. Hey, Amen, I want to be healed. So every time you stretch your hand out in the name of Jesus for someone to be healed, they may not want it. 
Every time you stretch your hand out uh, for someone to be delivered from some type of spirit or, or oppression, they may not want to give up that addiction. You break it. Say, I break you in Jesus' name. That devil go out the front door, but then they go around the back. Oh, devil, come on back in now. Come on, come on. He gone now. Come on. Come on back in. We know we got, we got our own thing, don't we? Not everybody wants to be healed. Not everybody wants to live holy. Not everybody wants to be righteous. Not everybody wants to be used of God in supernatural ways. We understand that. But you can't control other people. So don't even try it. But what you can do is say, Father, let your kingdom come in me. Let your will be done in me. Use me, Lord, for your glory. And this little mess I got going on, Father, I declare I have authority over it now. And I declare this, uh, this habit, this addiction, this thing that's been going on, Lord, I declare power over it. And I break its power in Jesus' name and declare that I'm the righteousness of God. I am your righteousness. I am your son. I am your child. And I thank you that you love me and that you're here with me and you never leave me nor forsake me. I receive your will in my life. I thank you, Father. Does that make sense? Now, let me go ahead and pray for you, and then we're going to go ahead and close out today. So, Father, as I bring before you your loved ones, those that are in this building and those that are joining us for the online community, Lord, I pray that you would hear us as we pray. And, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name for your people that they would experience your love, that they would experience your power, that you give them the, a deeper understanding of who they are in you. And Father, I take authority over every yoke of the enemy. And I declare that that work, everything the devil has done in their lives, I declare that it is broken in the name of Jesus. I declare that it has been deprived of power, that that work has been undone. And that everyone that wants healing, everyone that wants deliverance, everyone that would receive it, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that that comes speedily. And at this very moment, chains are being broken. Broken hearts are being mended. The captives are being set free. The dead are being raised. The blind are seeing and the deaf are hearing. The mute are speaking. I thank you, Father, that even at this moment, even at this very moment, that your people are thriving and becoming all that you've called them to be. Lord, fill us with a hunger and thirst for righteousness that we may be filled. And all week long, Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us the, a confirmation of what you're saying today and that you continue to deal with us as this seed grows in, in our lives and produces a mighty tree that will bless the nations. Use your people, Father. We receive your commission today. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.